We're going to be focusing on Matthew 6, verse 11, as we go through this Lord's Prayer. But we're going to start at the beginning, so we can catch the context. So friends, listen. This is the Word of God. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. This is God's word. <clears throat> so I want to show you a photo. Um, Lainey and I and the family, we were on vacation up in Sacramento just a few weeks ago. And uh, I was running. And it was hot. It was really, really hot. And uh, at one point in one of my runs, I was running across this field. And I'm not sure if you can tell yet, just like this isn't really a lawn anymore. This grass was dry, it was brown, it was crunchy, it was dead. It was dead. But there was this one spot, you see it? You see that spot? There was this one spot in the middle of the desert. So I went up and got a closer look at it. And I took a picture. I mean, really, in the scorching, triple-digit Sacramento heat, this grass was doing what you'd expect it to do. It was dying. And yet, in the middle of this patch of brown, this wasteland of desert, was this spot that was healthy and thriving, and thriving. I mean, somehow, this patch had a source. It had a source. Water had a source of nourishment. Trust me, I got on my hands and knees and looked. There's no sprinkler here. I have no idea what the source was, but it had a source. It had a source, and the triple-digit heat of Sacramento, it was thriving because it had this source. And I saw that, and I thought, wow. Man, how often does your life feel like this? Right? How often do you feel like your life is a dry, desert place? I mean, we also need a source. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says this. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Man, this is like that green patch in the middle of the wasteland. This is what we want. And this is actually what Jesus is teaching us to experience. Okay, As Jesus is training and discipling us in the Sermon on the Mount, he's teaching us how to pray so that we can experience this. So that you can have God supply every one of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus would say, your needs are 
chances to meet God. Okay, the needs that you have, all of them, they are opportunities to meet God. Your needs are opportunities to draw closer to God if you bring them to him in prayer. If you learn to pray, give us this day our daily bread. This is what we're going to see today. We're going to see this in four points. First, first point is that in prayer, our needs come second. Okay? Now, we mentioned this before, but it bears mentioning again. So as Jesus teaches us to pray, our needs come second. They come second, right? In our lives, it's easy to make our needs really our whole world, right? It's easy to make our needs or our problems, our worries, our fears the center of our world, isn't it? You know, there's that thing that you're always worried about. There's that thing that you're always talking about. There's that thing that always comes up. It seems to control and confine your life. It takes all of your focus, right? It seems like no matter what happens, you're thinking about that thing all the time. Jesus is teaching us that our needs come second. Because there's actually something more important than your needs. Okay, let me say it a different way. God knows that there is a deeper need in your heart that if it's not filled, no amount of bread can ever satisfy. Are you with me? There is a deeper need in your heart that if it's not met, no amount of bread could ever satisfy. You could spend your whole life saying, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, give me this job. Give me this relationship. Give me this. I need, I need, I need. And God knows that you have a need that's even deeper than that. And if that need isn't met, no amount of bread will ever satisfy. So our needs come second. And it's interesting because Jesus isn't just teaching us to pray this. This is Jesus' prayer life as well. Right, right? Think about that. I mean, Jesus prayed this way. Otherwise, how could he possibly have gone to the cross? Right? You think about the needs that Jesus had. Needs to stay alive. Right? Needs to preserve his life. Needs to enjoy food. Needs to enjoy community. Right? Jesus cut himself off of all of those things because he put his needs second in his own prayers, and went to the cross for you and for me. And so, Jesus knew <clears throat> that his needs came second to God's name, God's kingdom, and God's will. And so he's inviting us, he's teaching us in the structure of this prayer, teaching us to put our needs second. Now listen, when we do that, it doesn't take our needs away, but it does put our needs into perspective. Right? You still ask. You still ask for what you need, but now it's in the right place. And when you do this, see, if you pray first, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, then pray for your needs, 
see if something isn't different when you get to that place. See if that need that you have doesn't lose some of its intimidating power. And so when you pray with your needs, pray like this. Bring your needs like this. Remember first your identity. I'm a child of God. Our Father, our Father in heaven. Remember who you are. You are a child of God himself. Remember your purpose. God, my purpose, hallowed be your name. My purpose is to glorify you. Your name is the most important thing. Worshiping you is the most important thing about me. Right? Then remember your mission. It's to build God's kingdom. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In my life as it is in heaven. That's why I'm here. And then your need. Okay, now, God, I have a bread problem. I have a need that's not being met. When you do it that way, it completely changes everything. Because you know what? Now, well, first of all, sometimes you don't even really need that thing that you were praying for. Because that thing you were praying for maybe isn't as important. Even You shouldn't even devote time to it. If what you're about is that you're a child of God, you want to worship him with your life, and you want to build his kingdom. But when that need comes, you realize, wait a second, even this need, I want God to meet this need so that I can hallow his name, so that I can build his kingdom. Does that make sense? And so our needs come second. And when we do this, when we put our needs in this order, what we find is that our life ends up having peace. Because first thing is first. We have contentment. There's a sense of order and purpose about our lives. And so in prayer, we see first that our needs come second. Second, our needs bring God's daily presence. Okay? Our needs bring God's daily presence. This phrase, daily bread, this actually calls to mind God's salvation, his saving work in the Old Testament. Right? It's it's the salvation that he brought to his people in the Exodus. Right? Remember the story of the Exodus? And there were really three parts of the Exodus. Let me show you a picture here. So this is, um, this is the story of the Exodus, right? You've got Egypt here. You've got Israel up here, the promised land. Okay, and there's really three pieces to the Exodus. There was the Exodus event where Israel was taken out of Egypt. They exited from Egypt, right? So you have the Exodus, and then you have the promised land is the third part of the story. Right? Where it's home. It's the land flowing with milk and honey and abundance and blessing of God. Right? And in between. In between the exodus and the promised land. You've got the desert. You've got desert. And the desert in between, it was a marathon. And it was a marathon. Israel for 40 years marched across the desert. This is a 40-year journey through the desert from the Exodus to the Promised Land. How in the world does a group of, I don't know, 600,000 to 2 million are the estimates, people, 
How in the world do you get that many people marching across a desert for 40 years and being alive on the other side? Think about that. The reason that they made it was because every day God gave them bread. Every day for 40 years, God gave them bread. The bread was called manna. So God was their source of nourishment. Look at this. This is Exodus 16, 35. The people of Israel ate the manna 40 years till they came to a habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Canaan was the promised land. And so for 40 years, every single day, God gave his people their daily bread. And so when Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, he wants people to remember the manna in the wilderness. And we know this. Why? Well, because in John 6, here's what Jesus says. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh is my flesh. And so Jesus is saying, I am like the manna from the Old Testament, only better. I'm like the manna, only better. Because with the manna, you can eat the manna and you'll still die. But Jesus is saying, if you eat the bread that I am, you will live forever. You will live forever. You will not die. And so what's interesting here is that Jesus is calling this to mind. And, and I mean, in one sense, it's just a cool thing to see, right? The Old Testament and the New Testament, how they fit together. But it's more than just a cool comparison. The point of this comparison is that Jesus is telling us that our lives are a lot like the story of Israel in the Exodus. Okay? And what do I mean? Well... Our lives have the same kind of thing, right? So you've got slavery in Egypt, right? And we saw there's freedom in the Exodus. The marathon is the desert, and the home is the promised land. Jesus is saying the same thing's true about your life, that we're all enslaved to sin, right? We have slavery to sin, and there is freedom that comes when we put our faith in Jesus. He sets us free. The marathon, then, is life on earth. And our home is heaven, or the new heavens and earth. Right? This is the comparison that Jesus is making. And so, when Jesus tells you to pray, give us this day our daily bread, what he's teaching you is he's teaching you how he thinks about life on earth. Okay, the way Jesus thinks about life on earth is that it's like a desert. It's like a desert. 
You need to pray for your daily bread because you are like Israel in the desert of this life on the way to your home. Do you understand that? Does that make sense? Are you with me? So, friends, man, the reason why life seems so difficult sometimes is because life is difficult. And you need to hear that Jesus, Jesus wants you to know that he thinks life is difficult. Okay, we are not home yet. There is so much more that God has in store for us. We can't even begin to imagine what God has in store for us. And Jesus says that this life is like a wilderness wandering. This life feels like a desert. I don't think we have to go too far, right? This is not a stretch at all. Think about work. Does work sometimes feel like a desert? Right? Think about relationships. Family relationships, dating relationships, right? Talk about a desert, right? So frustrating, so difficult, so challenging. You feel like you're just sort of wandering in circles, like where is this going? Think about having to care for young children or care for adult children and the decisions that they're making, right, can make life feel like a desert. Caring for aging parents, right? I mean, Jesus, it's hard because it's, because this life is a desert. And you need to know that Jesus affirms the difficulty of life. And Jesus wants you to have strength. He wants you to have what you need to make it through the marathon of this life, to make it to your home. And what do we need? Well, Jesus is saying, like, what you need, you need strength. You need bread. And so I want you to pray for it. Give us this day our daily bread. In prayer, our needs, our needs for bread, our needs for ever, like our needs for relationships, our needs for comfort, our needs for assurance, our needs for security. Like these are all things that, in, that, that bring God's daily presence. It's a reminder, oh yeah, 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 okay. I need to pray because I'm in the desert. I need to pray because I'm in the desert, right? And so just that affirmation that life is this way, I think is helpful. It's helpful because it, it sets our expectations appropriately. Like, it's okay if we're struggling because it's hard. So, in prayer, our needs bring God's daily presence. Let's talk more about that. And our third point. Our third point is that our needs, your needs invite you to God. Your needs actually invite you to God. Because this is a prayer here, right? Jesus is saying, pray, give us this day our daily bread. So that means that God cares about your needs. It's good to know. Do you have a view of God that all he cares about is spiritual stuff? Right? That if it gets down to the mundane where you've got to ask him to provide food for yourself, that God somehow is frustrated with you because like why are you wasting my time with this 
mundane, meaningless stuff. Right? Is that how you think about God? Jesus says, man, God cares so much about your needs. He wants you to bring them to him. He wants you to pray about these things. God doesn't sneer at your needs or treat them as trivial or insignificant. They're actually part of God's kingdom. Right? What is bread, anyways? Bread is strength. Right? What food does is it gives you strength. And so God cares. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to have the strength that you need to be able to live life, to work, to provide for yourselves, to love people, to care about him, to care about others. Right? God wants you. To be, and so in one sense, um, there isn't anything that's not spiritual. Right? Your bread is a spiritual activity. That's, I mean, God cares about that. They are, your bread is part of his kingdom. God is the provider. James 1 says every good and perfect gift comes from above. That God stands ready and able to provide for all of your needs richly in his glory in Christ Jesus. And it's when we acknowledge God, when we acknowledge God um, and ask God for our bread. We ask God for our, our food, for our needs. At that point, God then meets us. I mean, this is why people pray before they eat. Right? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, it's cool, it's good to do, everybody does it. Well, so, but, but why do you do it? Well, you do it because God has just answered this prayer. Like there you are, there's a plate of food in front of you. God has answered this prayer. He has given you daily bread. When you acknowledge God, when you acknowledge God before you eat, when you acknowledge God while you eat, when you acknowledge God after you eat, God is there serving you. Because he provided it. And you can turn an ordinary thing like eating food into an opportunity to spend time with God. Into an opportunity to be reminded that God provided this for you. As though he were your waiter. It's interesting. You thank your waiter or your waitress when they deliver, a food and, deliver your food in a restaurant. Right? Why not God? Why not the God who made a world where things can grow? Why not the God who sends rain and seasons so that food can grow? Why not thank the God who has filled this world with people made in his image who have figured out how to make vast amounts of food so that you don't have to grow it yourself? Boy, we need, we need this. We need this. And you can spend time with God when you eat and just see again that image of God that he loves you that much to be able to give you this food. He provides for your needs. But more than just physical needs, right? When you think about the journey from believing in Jesus to getting home in the new heavens and earth, 
Right? We need a lot more than just bread. Right? There are a lot of well-nourished, depressed people. There are a lot of well-cared-for folks that are struggling and dying on the inside. Right? So we need a lot more than just bread, don't we? We actually need not just physical needs to be met, we need our spiritual needs met. Right? I mean, Jesus talks about this in John 6, right? We saw that. I am the living bread, that if you eat this, you will never die. He's not talking about physically there. He's saying, if you believe in me, if you trust in me, you will live forever. You will have a relationship with God that will last forever. And so Jesus also wants us to pray for our spiritual needs. God is our source for our spiritual needs. And so our needs, our spiritual needs invite us to God as well. And so if Jesus is the bread of life, how do we eat this bread? Right? How exactly do we eat the bread of life? I think simply put, especially in the context of this prayer, we eat the bread of life by praying with faith. It's by praying with faith. Okay, what do I mean? Well, I'm talking pray and and apply God's promises, believing in them. Right? It's, It's trusting the promises of God. If your soul is hungry, right, you feel afraid. Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. So you go into the presence of God and say, God, I am afraid. I'm afraid because I don't know if I'm going to lose my job. You let God speak to you. And God would say, I want you to remember what I've said in the Bible. 1 John 4, 18 says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. You have my love. Let the assurance of my love cast out your fear. I love you. I know what you need. I'm going to take care of you. You have, some of you, sometimes it's, you have family members that can catch you if you fall. You have a community group that can catch you if you fall. You have a church family that will catch you if you fall. That can help provide for your needs. That can help you not lose your job, help you find another job that can help provide for your physical needs while you're looking for another job. God says, I love you, and I've provided tangibly for you that you don't need to be afraid. Oh, and by the way, if the worst should happen, you are going to be with me forever. When I bring God into the room with my fears, that's the dialogue that happens, and my fears shrink. My fears shrink. When we go to God with our needs, 
we receive his presence. And God reminds us that he is with us. God reminds us of his love. God says, you know what? Your greatest need was your sin. And I sent my son to live a perfect life for you and to die for your sins so that you could be forgiven and assured forever. Let's remember that. Let's remember that. And let me give you my presence. Let me give you my perspective as we pray about this together. Let me give you my power, my hope. Right? It's as we spend time with God that we receive these things from him. This is why Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. God, I have a bread problem. God, I've got a need, and you need to fix, I need you to fix this. I need you to meet me here. And God says, let's talk, because what you need is my presence. You need my perspective. A few weeks ago, um, I was talking with my sister-in-law, um, and about four years ago, one of her daughters experienced um, a traumatic situation with her leg where now one of her legs is shorter than the other. Um, and the amount of pain that she was going through um, was, it was astronomical, it was awful, and my sister-in-law had to watch her daughter. I think her daughter was 12 maybe at the time, about 12 years old. And, and the angst, the, the anguish that a mother would feel. I mean, this is like, take me instead, take me instead, right? To have to watch her daughter go through this situation. It had a radical, like a radical effect on her life. From the moment that her daughter went through this ordeal, she has not been able to sleep at night. She does not sleep at night. She can't, and it's not because she's necessarily gotten, she's not afraid anymore, like her daughter is able to walk, and I mean, long distances, you know, she's got either crutches or a wheelchair that she can do, but like, she's able to get around, like, she's fine now. You wouldn't even know it to see her, you know? Um, you wouldn't even know, because she's, she's, she's able to walk. Um, but for the last four years, she hasn't been able to sleep. Like, something about this trauma so radically changed her, um, and it was interesting because I didn't know about any of this until we were on this trip up in Sacramento this last time, and I was asking her more about it, and as she's talking to me, I'm thinking, wow, like, it feels like there's something spiritual that happened in that, at that point, like, your response to try to cope with this has caused this alteration in you that's causing you not to be able to sleep, and I'm listening and, and trying to like think through like well are there spiritual things that I can do to help her you know to engage with Jesus on this stuff and to talk through and pray through maybe God would want to let her like set her free so that she can sleep again and so I began to kind of press in and she said something to me that was staggering she said you know for a long time I, I tried. I tried everything. I read the Bible. I prayed. I talked to people. I, I did everything I possibly could to try to figure out how to get to a place where I could sleep. And she said, now it's really interesting because in my life, I literally can't do anything. I have no energy during the day. The sun comes up and I am down. 
Um, and so I literally, there's, I, I can't do anything. I want to have people in our home. I want to have, I want to be hospitable. I want to have fellowship. I want to, you know, and, and I can't do, I don't have the strength to do any of that stuff. And yet, she said, what happens is that I say to God, God, like, I really want to have this family over. They are hurting. And we want to have them over to our house so that we can care about them. Will you give me the strength to just do that? And she said, God does. She says, <clears throat> every single time I need or want to do anything, I've got to pray and ask God for the strength. And she said, at first I was frustrated by that, but she said, what has happened to me, because I no longer sleep, because I can't sleep anymore, it has made me more consciously and continually dependent on God for everything that I need. And so I actually don't want help to be able to sleep. So thanks, but I'm good. And I was like, Lord, sorry for stepping here. Okay, I'm backing up, you know. And, and, uh, but I was, I was just staggered. Because what my sister-in-law has done is she's put her needs second to God. And she has had her and, her, and her needs have invited her into the presence of God in a way that she wouldn't change anything. Friends, that's the power of praying this prayer. She goes to God, God, I need to provide for my family. I need the strength to be hospitable. God, I need to be able to help these folks. Will you give me the strength? And so her needs drive her into the presence of God. And God provides. God provides. It's interesting that Christianity provides Christianity gives us this daily access to God. You know, and I don't think it's necessarily unique to Christianity, but we have this ongoing renewal that Jesus invites us into, right? Give us this day our daily bread. Like this is available for you at any moment, at any time. There are lots of people that have different religions, but most of the people that I talk to most people I talk to who aren't Christians, they don't have a sense that they can go someplace and get renewal. Does that make sense? I mean, this is one of the joys of Christianity is that every day God is available to provide his power, his perspective, his presence for you. That's remarkable because we need him every day. So, What's amazing is the way that God then does provide. And that's our fourth and last point. So our needs come second. Our needs bring God's daily presence. Our needs invite you to God. And then fourth, our needs show God's abundance. Our needs show God's abundance. You know, when God blesses you, it's like getting a piece of cheesecake. <laughs> right? I mean, because when God blesses, he gives you the good stuff, right? You remember the wedding at Cana with the wine? It was the good wine. 
right? When God provides for your needs, he gives you cheesecake, right? Well, no, actually, God, God doesn't give you a piece of cheesecake for your needs. You know what God does? God gives you an entire cheesecake. This is how God blesses. Our needs show a God of abundance. Okay? When God blesses you, he doesn't just give you something to eat. Right? He gives you an entire cheesecake. He gives you the whole thing. And why does he do that? It's because, I know what you're thinking, it's because, all right, how many of you have ever gone, taken a fork to a whole cheesecake before? Yes. 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 Lovely. How'd that go for you? Boy, it's great, right? You dig in and... And then it could be five minutes later, it could be a half an hour later, it could be two hours later, but you reap what you sow. <laughs> right? Does God give us a whole cheesecake because he wants us to become spiritual gluttons? No. No, God blesses us with an entire cheesecake so that we would have enough for ourselves and enough for everyone else. Friends, God gives you a cheesecake because he wants to provide for your needs and the needs of others around you. This is how God blesses. He gives you his blessings in abundance so that you would turn around and be a blessing to others. Right? This is our ministry theme, right? It's blessed to be a blessing, right? And how often when you eat, how often when God provides for your needs, do you have enough to share, right? When does God not provide enough for you so that you can share it with others, right? I'm going to share this with you all today after the service. Come and get it. We'll put it back on the refreshment table. But this is why he does this. This is why he does this. It's because he wants us to have so much that we would share. And it's not just our food. right? Every blessing that God gives to you, every spiritual blessing that God gives is enough for you and for others. right? Because the forgiveness that he offers you, is it not good for others? right? The presence that you experience with God, the comfort that you experience from God, is it not enough that you could share that comfort with others? And this is what life is about. Jesus teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Right? Not give me, but give us. So when you go into God's presence, you have with you a community of people. Lord, provide for my needs in such a way that I can then share what you've given me with others. That's how it works. Jan Hendrickson shared uh, this prayer from St. Francis of Assisi that 
puts this really, really well. Look at this. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. So look, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, help me to experience your blessings in abundance so that I can share those blessings with others. O oh, divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it's in giving that we receive, it's in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. This is what's amazing that when you get to know this God and you experience him filling you up with his blessings, you turn around and you just think, man, who can I share this with? I've got to, it's going to, it'll come bursting out of you as you worship this God. I hope that you can see God more clearly now. I mean, this is the face of God in this prayer. This is who Jesus is introducing us to by saying, give us this day our daily bread. Here is your God. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. God is generous and eager to share his generosity with you. Pray this prayer this week. Let your needs invite you into God's presence. Let your needs enable you to experience his abundance. Let's pray together. Our Father, we have needs, but they come second. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now give us this day our daily bread. Feed us, God, with your presence, with your promises. Help us to take hold of who you are so that we can experience you and your blessings. Father, there are some here who haven't, they haven't experienced these blessings personally yet. They haven't trusted in Jesus. Help them, Lord, to put their faith in you. Help them um, to come confessing their sins, asking you to enter into their hearts. Father, meet every need here. Speak to our needs so that we can experience your presence. Lord, some of us need your word. Some of us need a friend. Some of us need some direction. Lord, we're coming now, and I see you opening your hand. 
ready to satisfy the desire of every living thing. Help us to experience that now. In Jesus' name, amen.